Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by our first ever sponsor, Energy Services Coalition, specifically their upcoming market transformation transformation conference being held September 13th through the 15th. So that's coming up in a few weeks here in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida. So what can you expect? This conference will offer a broad range of topics for those involved in the ESPC community and will also feature a number of networking opportunities. Any good conference is going to have networking opportunities, right? They're designed into the conference schedule for exhibitors and attendees to maximize their conference experience. So we're going to have a link to this conference in the show notes if you are an industry. If you're in this industry in any capacity, private sector, public sector, this is the conference that you're going to want to attend. So on today's episode, we sit down with the Vice President of Public Sector from Energy Services Coalition, Tom Walther. Really great episode as we talk about Tom's background, and we also just talk about the evolution of the energy performance contracting industry, where we've been, where we're at today, and where we're heading. Tom does a really good job walking through the industry arc. And of course, uh, we close out the show with some more information on Energy Services Coalition, what people can expect, and really the the part that I enjoy the most about these these episodes is really getting to know Tom a little bit more as we discuss uh, some of his non-negotiables and of course the advice that he would give to his 22-year-old self. Now, we hope you're finding value in this episode and in our podcast in general. And if you are, we ask you to subscribe and share with a friend. And uh, we think you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Tom and I. So let's drop in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Tom Walther, the Vice President of Private Sector for Energy Services Coalition. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, I know we uh, we made this happen on short notice, so uh, thanks for squeezing me into your busy schedule. It's my pleasure. This is uh, <laughs> I, I'm really I, I'm really uh, impressed with the success of your podcast. Uh, congratulations on the AE award from from the NorCal chapter. Oh, cool! Yeah, the, the recognition for, the, for professional growth in the energy industry to you and Corey, and I'm sure uh, Michael's very proud of that as well. Great, great job! You're you're doing so much for the industry and everybody in it appreciates it. Yeah, we'll appreciate that. We're always trying to make progress, right? So, uh, no, I appreciate that. So I think what we wanted to do today was was talk about Energy Services Coalition. I know we got the conference coming up here in a couple of weeks. Today, we're recording on September 1st, and I know we're going to talk about the conference coming up here soon. But before we get into that, Tom, I think our audience would be curious just to get to know you a little bit. If you could, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got started in the industry here. Well, thanks. Uh, I I have a marketing degree. I'm a Bearcat. They're, they're supposed to get back into the playoffs this year, so we're very excited about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I graduated from the University of Cincinnati, uh, fresh out of college, marketing degree. I uh, got a job with, uh, at the time, the leading company that was performing building maintenance improvements and energy efficiency. Uh, I was selling service contracts, a lot like ser- selling insurance. It's a numbers game, and you have to go out. Uh, so I did that for a period of time and then um, realized that I really needed to have a better understanding of how business operated. I, I, I was selling and I was successful at it, but I wanted to, to more understand uh, business operations. So I left that company and went to a mechanical contractor based in the Midwest. They had five offices and I managed one of their smaller offices. In that role, I literally set overhead rates and trip charges and the whole P&L 
uh, for the for the financial plan for that that branch. And it was just that that was my MBA. It was just a great experience. One morning I woke up and recognized that my last name was not the same as the owner's last name, and he had two sons. So mm. I had to decide: uh, is this what I wanted to do, uh, or do should I do something different? And um, I decided to go back into more of the corporate world and uh, took a position as a, a vertical market sales manager with uh, the largest ESCO at the time. Uh, I was I was very successful um, in that role and progressed into other roles within that ESCO, all associated with uh, energy savings performance contracts. That that company was purchased and uh, my job was eliminated. But uh, at the time, I was having thoughts about probably getting into uh, the lighting business because that was the time just before uh, LED lighting really went mainstream. It That's was, right. It was yeah. just knocking on the door. Right. And um, I went to work for a, uh, a LED lighting retrofit company, and my role was to help the Southeast region achieve their plan. The first year, uh, we did not do well. The second year, we did a little bit better. And the third year I was with them, uh, we were the top region in the country. Uh, that was also the year that that company got purchased. So then I uh, I work, I now work with uh, the largest distributor in North America, but we are a small group within that organization that provides turnkey lighting and other energy infrastructure improvements and because of my experience in the ESCO business, I was asked to lead that business for this company. So I, I lead a team of uh, sales professionals who reach out to the ESCOs that we are a, a what we prefer to be called as a value-added top-tier subcontractor. And uh, in that role, we assist ESCOs to reduce their overall cost uh, to install and and deliver the savings that the energy services performance contract is is designed to deliver. Perfect. And that's what okay. Right now. Okay. All right. Well, that's a nice transition point for us to talk about Energy Services Coalition. Talk about what you guys are trying to get accomplished there. So, Tom, if you could, let's just assume some folks here listening don't know who the Energy Services Coalition is. Could you give us a little bit of an overview on the organization, maybe the history and, and kind of what you guys are, are looking at here in the next few weeks as far as the conference? Jim, the Energy Services Coalition is a national nonprofit organization. It's comprised of a network of experts from a wide range of organizations, both public and private organizations that are working together at the state and local level to increase energy efficiency and building upgrades through energy savings performance contracts. Energy savings performance contracts, in a nutshell, are a special procurement model established by unique law that allows a public sector organization, state government, local government, uh, university, K-12, uh, to, to purchase capital, improvements that reduce the overall cost of energy and operations and pay for those over time from the savings generated by the improvements. And that's unique because with the exception of federal government, every other government entity 
has to balance their budget at the end of the year. They have to close the budget. And in this case, they're incurring debt, but they're able to carry that because the savings is, is repaying that in each in M- each individual year of the term of the, the agreement. So it's a very unique uh, approach to helping address deferred maintenance in public buildings without the need for significant tax increases to generate capital. That's right. That's right. So, all right. So that's perfect. Thank you for that. So where does um, where does ESC come into play here? So so we got the playbook. We understand the, the energy performance contracting model. How are you guys helping further that that mission and what some of these public sector entities are trying to get accomplished? So uh, that's really a great question. You know, first, let's look at the membership of the Energy Services yep. Coalition. So the membership is a combination of energy services companies. Those are the prime contractors, if you will. Uh, parties like, like the organization I work for, which are subcontractors to them that, that do energy, uh, uh, other energy efficiency improvements that, that, that these major ESCOs uh, may not be engaged in. It might be uh, high efficiency equipment uh, suppliers. They might be a, a member. Typically, there's some uh, public sector members as well. A member from the state energy office or their designation designee might be a member of, of the chapter. Lots of times there'll be uh, facility members from cities and counties, uh, facility managers from cities and counties, energy managers from the university or the community college. Anybody that's interested in how to address uh, maintaining energy efficiency within public buildings. And the interesting thing is we have sort of a tongue-in-cheek rule that when when we go to a chapter meeting, and the meetings are chapter-wide, so each, each state has a chapter, you're supposed to take off your ball cap with your logo on it and put your business cards with your logo in the ball cap, leave them at the door and go in. This Think about this. You've got a whole bunch of people who are normally competitors that are all talking about how to build this market. And the concept is, if we make the pie really big, in other words, have a whole lot of energy performance contracting activity, everybody gets a bigger slice. And the the person who wins the most is the entity that's taking advantage of it, the school, the city, the county, the, the state, the university. So that that approach sort of a grassroots, what's going on in this market? Um, how do we, what kind of education and outreach do we need to put together to present at the National League of Cities, to present at the Florida Board of County Commissioners, to present, to, to inform everybody about this is a way to address some of the, some of the difficulties that you're experiencing in your building make it more comfortable, but it's also more more efficient. It's safer for your occupants. This is the approach we take, and it's a volunteer organization. These these guys have a day job too. Everybody has a day job, but this is part of our our market building approach. It's the go-to-market strategy is to create the demand by through education and, and outreach and then fulfill that demand when people realize how good the, the approach is. You know, one thing I was curious about, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm sure you've heard this thousands of times in your career. But when you're talking with some of these public sector entities, 
you're presenting to them, you're educating them on an energy performance contract, and you'll probably have someone say, oh, I've heard of that, that that stuff doesn't work. Or I heard about this town and pick a city, pick a state. Ah, you know, we're, we're, we're not interested in that because of something they heard. So I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but how do you typically handle that, Tom? Hey, so listen, the biggest the biggest challenge we, we have in the whole marketplace is there are times when jobs don't go so well. I mean, it yeah, just happens. Yeah, no it happens. Uh, the, the way to, to the way to to counter that is is to to admit that that does happen occasionally. And here's the thing: we turn it into a positive. I work for a company that had a complete debacle on a project; just it did not work. That company made the reimbursement payments to make that budget whole for five years. Now. Is that the outcome that the company wanted? Oh, no. Is that the outcome that the buyer wanted? There's no way. But that company made it right for the buyer. Yeah, it's a contract, right? That's, a, that, that's the that's power guaranteed savings, right? They followed through. That's yeah. the, that is the power guaranteed savings. That's right. And, and, and there's a whole bunch of examples where it went extremely well. And we talk about those as yeah. well. Yeah. No, that's that's good stuff. So, so one of the other thing I was curious about, Tom, since you've been in the industry for a while, you're talking about your background. You know, how have you seen this industry evolve over the last 20, 25 years that you've been seeing this, right? I know the basics probably remain the same. There's probably some core fundamentals of an energy savings performance contract, but what have you seen change over the years? I'm going to start today and then work backwards, yeah. okay? Yeah. Because there has never been a better time to be in this industry in the history of mankind. And the reason I say that is, is because we've all heard about this IoT, you know, Internet of Things is coming. Sure. It's here. We're, we're looking at ways to address operating costs that we never even dreamed about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And, and what that does is it builds so much more opportunity to have a bigger impact in the marketplace. Couple that with the fact that, that the market is flush with cash right now largely because of the federal uh, bills that have been passed, but also because even though inflation continues to creep a little bit at this point in time, the, the interest rates for borrowing are not out of whack yet. So it's really a great time to be involved in this marketplace on either the buying side or the, the, uh, the selling side. What I've seen change over, over time is that Initially, this was a very innovative idea, and um, s- some some of the folks took full advantage of that. They were delivering value, but they commanded a very high uh, profit level to do that. There's no question that that happened. The market became somewhat commoditized to its own detriment. So when it became commoditized, then it was about uh, well. What we call the the spiral to the to the floor, right? If if you if you're not allowing me to make at least a, a reasonable margin, and I think most I think most escos are trying to squeeze out six to eight to ten percent uh, profit, which is not unreasonable for the risk that they take with the guarantee. And if if it's so commoditized that that they can't make that, I, I think they started to walk away from projects. And and you can see this uh, in in the um, pretty much in the mid two uh, thousands 
right around 2010 to 2015, there was, there was just very little activity because it just wasn't worth it anymore. Then the innovation started again, and now there's this resurgence of ESCOs that are trying to deliver, and they're delivering very innovative solutions that are giving the buyers significantly better security is a big part of it. Uh, monitoring and measurement and verification, proof that the savings are are being achieved, and um, you know the the innovation and efficiency in some of the large capital equipment. Um, I remember when I started in the industry, you'd look at a chiller, and and the efficiency rating on that chiller was maybe 1.4, 1.3 kW per ton. I, I'm working with a project right now with an ESCO where they have rooftop chillers that that are only 10 years old and they can provide new chillers that that are 60% more efficient than the ones that are on the roof. Think about that, what that does for a payback. These are the innovations that are coming out. It's just a great time. And I think that's what's now the evolution that's headed headed down no, the road. Cool. I, I, thought, uh, I thought you were going to touch on like resiliency too, right? I don't know. That's another factor that seems to be on uh, on top of everyone's mind right now. Well, you know, I'll tell you what's really on top of everybody's mind right now is uh, electrification and getting a grid that can handle it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're hearing the same thing in the market. So, no, that's that's great stuff. OK, so let's um let's go back to ESC for a second. I know the, the show's coming up. I think it's a September 13th through the 15th, correct? That is okay. correct. Uh, Hilton West Palm Beach. All right. So what we can do, um, you know, once we post this. Uh, we can include a link for people to go and register. I think you already touched on this, but you know, if someone's listening to this, you know, who who should go to the conference? Who, if someone's listening to this, what what type of profile, what type of individual will get some value out of the show? I, th- I think I think anybody that is in the um, the building maintenance management space uh, will will find value. Anybody that is is modestly curious about what innovations are happening in buildings today, they should probably be there. Anybody that is involved in uh, helping people achieve those kinds of efficiencies on the sales side of things or the supplier side of things or the design side of things, they should be there. I think anybody that has an interest in understanding the flow of federal money and the impact that has on the the uh you mentioned the resiliency the 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 uh efficiency the updating of 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 any kind of public sector building they should be there anybody that is managing a budget and they have a large line item called deferred maintenance they should be there and energy performance contracting is not only for public sector Ford and GM both do about $10 million a year each in energy savings performance contracting. So private sector takes advantage of it too. Uh, so this is this is a wide open kind of group of people that, that should be there. Uh, the program has a very robust uh, agenda. We're gonna, the, there's pre- presentations covering best practices, uh, discussions about the, the amount, the use and the flow of those federal funds. Uh, new innovations and tried and true solutions. So there, it's it's there's topics that, that are going to cover every aspect of of energy efficiency and buildings. Um, 
you're going to hear from subject matter experts. Uh, ESPC providers are going to be there. Uh, buyers are going to be there. And it, 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 it's set up so that there are uh, concise little tracks of information and then the opportunity to have discussions about it. Uh, there are, are receptions each night that are just sort of mix and mingle, get to meet somebody, a speaker, whatever, set up a time when you can when you can get back back to the office and have a, a real uh, substantive conversation. If you're real lucky, you might even get to pet a manatee. The, uh, we have an optional tour. So at the I'm, end yeah, of the I'm going. That's, that's all I needed to hear. For, for the Manatee yeah. uh, Lagoon, uh, sponsored by Florida Power and Light. Cool. So um, we've got all kinds of stuff. It's just going to be great. And you're a block and a half from the beach. So Yeah, you know. not the worst place to go for a conference. All right. So that's that's good stuff. And, and again, we're going to include some information for people to click on and go and sign up. And, and hopefully they get to experience this event. So last thing, Tom, before we close out the show, I know we opened up talking about your background and getting to know you a little bit. I wanted to close out with these four questions that I asked to every guest at the end of the show here and wanted to lead off with what are your daily non-negotiables? I don't lie. I, I, I learned very early that you just tell it like it is and live with that. Um, it's just, that's, that's one of my daily non-negotiables. Um, start with a, a, a good attitude and try to end with a good attitude as well and have some fun along the way. My non-negotiable. Perfect. And let's rewind the clock to 22-year-old Tom. What advice would you give to yourself that you're coming out of University of Cincinnati? I, th- I think I, I think I did pretty well when I was 22. Um, what could I do differently? Is um, I think I think maybe focus more on the customer's objectives rather than maybe my uh, personal earnings objectives. At that age. Now, that being said, um, unfortunately, I had to pay back my uh, student loans. Um, so that was, you know, I, I had some some things that I had to focus on. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. I couldn't believe when I was 22 years old that I went to work for an organization. They gave me a car, gave me a key, said I'll take care of everything there. Go out, find people that might be interested, take them to lunch, tell them about what we can do and see if you can get them to buy something. And I was getting paid to do it. it, it I, I just couldn't believe that. Um, so I tried to take full advantage of that. Very cool. So what motivates you? What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What jazzes me is helping people succeed, whether that's the, the person that's trying to uh, advance their own career, whether that's the person that is trying to deal with some kind of, of a challenge and I can help them fix that. But um, I really get jazzed by hoping people succeed and seeing that they, they did it. And last question here. What do you want your lasting legacy to be? Oh man. Easiest <laughs> one for last. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, th- I think I want my uh, legacy to simply be that recognized as a good person a good father, a good husband, and a good provider. Well, I think that's a perfect way to, a uh, great answer. I think that's a perfect way to, to close out the show here. So Tom, appreciate your time. Thanks for being a guest on the Building Efficiency Podcast. My my uh, pleasure entirely, Jim. Thanks so much to you and to everybody at Nimi. 
All right, there you have it. Episode 71 with Tom Walther. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. We hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. One last thing, if you have any future guests in mind from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.